I'm Jay Caruso, and this is Closer Consideration. Conspiracy theories. We've heard them before. There are famous ones, such as the CIA and the government was involved in the assassination of JFK, that the 1969 moon landings were fake, 9-11 was an inside job. There was even the one spreading about supposedly top Democrats, including Hillary Clinton, were running a child sex ring out of a pizzeria in Washington, D.C. And people sometimes think that other areas that are considered conspiracy theorists may not be, such as Bigfoot, or the Loch Ness Monster, or Flat Earthers. Also, we've come to believe that conspiracy theories are inherently dangerous, such as the QAnon conspiracy theory, convinced that there's a danger in believing in a conspiracy theory. Is that true? My guest for this episode is Joseph Usinski. He's a professor of political science at the University of Miami and author of the book, American Conspiracy Theories. He's done research on the issue, polling, interviews, and a whole lot more. And some of what he has to say may surprise you. You can listen to this podcast at ricochet.com, but you can also subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. My guest today is Professor Joe Usinski from University of Miami, Hurricanes. And is that right? It is the Hurricanes. That's right. Go Canes. Okay. I'm just making sure it was the correct University of Miami. I didn't wonder if it was like the University of Miami of Ohio. And <laughs> no, we're the we're, I'm at the one with good weather. Okay, all right. I lived in Florida for 14 years, so I, I uh, but I was further up north. I was in the Daytona area, so I didn't didn't get down to Miami too much. Um, Professor, you are uh, you. What is uh, what is your your position at the uh, at the university? I'm a professor of political science. Okay, and you you've written several books on conspiracy theories, and that's what we're going to discuss today and i'm just going to start off with a very pretty easy question like what somebody asked you what is a what is a conspiracy theory there really isn't a short definition that's going to satisfy people so the definition i have is a a little bit long and it's only gotten longer over time um but basically it's it's this it's an accusatory perception or idea in which a small group of usually powerful people are working in secret for their own benefit against the common good. And they're doing it in a way that undermines our bedrock ground rules against the widespread use of force and fraud. And importantly, this perception or idea has yet to be deemed most likely true by the appropriate knowledge-generating bodies using open data and evidence. So what is, like, the history of conspiracy theories? Like, what's the earliest one that you know of or that, that history tells us is, I mean, is it like the Illuminati? Is it, I don't, I, I don't know how far back they go. Uh, I would imagine because the spread of information has changed. So how, how where, where do you have any idea what the oldest one was or what, what's the one of the first? I don't know what would be the oldest conspiracy okay. theory that we could find in history. What I can say is that where you find history, you usually find conspiracy theories there too. So you can find discussions of these ideas in ancient Rome, in medieval Europe, um, in, in the American colonies 400 years ago. So there doesn't seem to be a, a time where there's a lot of recorded history and there's no conspiracy theories. So uh, let me ask you about um, like it, the, the way you define conspiracy theories. On There are cer certain ones, and I, I maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but certain ones that are, I would say, less harmful than others. So if we, if we were to talk about 9-11 conspiracy theories, which I think are can be harmful, others such as the maybe like, the moon landing, which people think was, you know, shot on. There's some people, I guess, they think they were shot on the soundstage in Hollywood or something like that. Uh, is it? I mean, am I wrong, or is it 
is this something like trying to convince people the moon landing was fake was harmful or in or sinister in any way or is it just kind of like goofy and harmless i mean how do you approach that if somebody's saying no i really think it was faked where is the harm in somebody believing that and we'll get more into some of the more things like 9-11 and, and QAnon here in a little while, but just starting off at one of the oldest. Well, the harm really comes down to what do people do after they adopt an idea? Or what other ideas do they adopt as a consequence of adopting a particular idea? And that could be different for every conspiracy theory and it could change over time too right so it's easy to say oh covid conspiracy theories are very dangerous because they're leading people to not get vaccinated and then it allows the pandemic to spread um sure but is it that's only the case if the conspiracy theory is really driving the behavior of not getting vaccinated or not social distancing or whatnot and it's entirely dependent on the harm caused by that behavior. Okay. Right. So, so let's say that we all believe the moon landing was faked, but we're really upset about it. So we're going to go start killing people in the street to make our voices heard. Now, all of a sudden that moon landing theory goes from, you know, some barstool conversation to that's really dangerous. Right. <laughs> so it, 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 to me, it really comes down to what, what, what behavior would spring from it. Okay. And what about people who believe, I think we may, we may have all known some, a person who's intelligent, probably educated, but yet they still believe in a conspiracy theory, even if it isn't something that's crazy. If you want, I don't know if you use the word crazy, but like, you know, the, the Illuminati conspiracy theory, even if it's something small, what, what is it that gets someone who might otherwise, you might otherwise, might not otherwise would believe a conspiracy theory to believe it. Well, how does, how does somebody get down that path to where they start to believe something like that? Well, everyone believes one, if not a few, right? Okay. It's just the problem is we all like to think that our conspiracy theories are conspiracy facts. It's just the other guy's conspiracy theories are conspiracy theories and he's nuts. Right. So that insulates us from having to come to grips with figuring out why we might believe the conspiracy theories we believe. Right. When we poll the public on their conspiracy theory beliefs, what we find is that the more conspiracy theories we ask them about, the fewer and fewer people there are that don't believe in any. So in a poll I ran last year, we asked about 25 conspiracy theories and 90 plus percent of respondents said they believed in at least one with many believing more than one, right? Imagine if I had asked a hundred conspiracy theories, everybody likely would have bought into at least one, right? right? So it's not like there's an us and them like, oh, I'm saying, and I don't do it. It's all the other people that do it, but never me. And does that go back to what you were saying? Like they may not even consider it a conspiracy theory because they think it's actually real. So it's like what I believe isn't a conspiracy theory because there's a conspiracy, but it's like you said, it's a conspiracy fact. Is that correct? So well, the people that you sure call- because 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 people assign um, definitions to these ideas. Oh, this one's a conspiracy or this one's not based on their particular perception of it. So it becomes a I know a conspiracy theory when I see it, right? Right. So we're very, we're not very even-handed in how we, in, in how we um, apply the term conspiracy theory. So what winds up happening is that everyone says, oh, I don't believe them, even, even though they might believe a few or even many. Because nobody believes an idea because they think it's false. They believe it because they think it's true. So once you say my conspiracy theory is true it's no longer a conspiracy theory it's a conspiracy it really happened right right so but if everybody does that then it's then no one is going to believe in conspiracy theories according to themselves it's only everyone else <laughs> it's an interesting way to put it so if we were to look at like um 
also an, another famous one is the JFK assassination. Uh, the movie JFK, Oliver Stone's movie JFK, which was uh, in a movie in terms of fiction, I thought it was very good, but it was also a movie that portrayed everyone from the from the Dallas Police Department up to the highest levels of the federal government and were involved in his assassination, and yet somehow they were able to keep it a secret. Where, when you confront someone or you ask someone about, well. When something comes out that disproves what they believe, or something doesn't happen, uh, I think you might have. I'll, I'll I'll switch gears here a little bit. In the JFK realm, you were there was a thing this weekend uh, where in Dallas people were gathering at Dealey Plaza because apparently JFK Jr. was going to show up. <laughs> he and Donald Trump were going to run for president in twenty twenty four. Now, obviously, it didn't happen. Where do they go next? Like, what is the, how do you explain, and, and people do this all the time, it's like, if something doesn't happen, and you say, well, why didn't this happen? There's always a reason for it. What is that? Is there any specific name that's attached to that where they give you an explanation as to why it didn't or that it'll happen at a future date? Whenever they make these predictions about something that happens and then it doesn't, there's always a reason behind it. And, and, and can you explain that phenomenon a little bit? Am I making sense? Yeah, well, everybody does that. It's not just conspiracy theorists. I mean, we all like to explain away evidence that cuts against our beliefs, right? And we all do it. Right. We might call it motivated reasoning. We might call it post hoc theorization or something like that. But it's it's people believe what they want to believe and the evidence can be damned. So when there's... You know, when the circumstances change or new evidence becomes available, I remold the theory to whatever the new evidence is. Right? Yeah. So in the case of the JFK Jr. is coming back rally, many of them said, oh, he's not going to show up here. He's going to go to the Stones concert tonight. <laughs> or or he's it's, it's not this day. It's going to be next year that he's going to come back. But you wait till 2024 and he'll be right there with Trump. So... People do this with conspiracy theories, but they do it with every other thing, every other idea and belief that they hold to, right? No one wants to be wrong. And we want to, uh, you know, bend the evidence in our favor all the time. But is there is there any way... I guess what I'm trying to ask is a strange question is, if you think something like that, and once again, you come back to this whole idea about harm, and if somebody's saying, I believe JFK Jr. is going to come back, and in that thought alone, there's no harm in it. But if, like you said, they're going to go out and start killing people in the streets to prove their point, um, and we've seen some of that with, we can kind of go to the QAnon conspiracy theories. We saw some of that with the attack on the Capitol that, People believe that the election was truly stolen and they engage in violence and as a means of saying to take things back. How do you intervene with someone before that? Is there a way to intervene with someone before that to say, this is wrong and here's why. And if if if, if this keeps going, something something terrible is going to happen. Is there, is there a way to do that? Or are people, once they're locked into something, there's no way to kind of take them away from that belief? Well... A lot of people believe the election was rigged against Donald Trump. Right. Do you know where most of them were on January 6th? Probably home. Home or at work. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, <laughs> work, it's, right, yeah. it's not the Yeah, it's not the case that just having this belief is going to lead you to riot or storm the Capitol building. Right. Right. Just the same. A lot of people believe QAnon stuff and they don't engage in any sort of violence right. or other illegal activity, right? So oftentimes we think of, oh, it's the idea and the idea is just so powerful, it's going to drive this person to act in all sorts of deleterious ways. Right. And um, sometimes they do, but often they don't. If everyone acted on their conspiracy theories, the streets would be running red with blood, <laughs> but they don't, right? Right. 
I mean, even things like JFK, like if you believe there was a conspiracy to kill the president, I mean, it could lead you to want to act. Like if I think that the FBI has secret documents or the CIA has secret documents that they need to release and they're covering up their complicity in an assassination, you know, you might want to go storm a, a federal building and get those documents or do some sort of violence. But most people aren't, right? So, so really what we're talking about is the belief sort of directing what action might be taken, but then a whole bunch of other things driving someone to want to take action, right? right. And those are the things that we need to be somewhat concerned with. Right. I mean, look, you brought up the idea of January 6th. Well, look at some of those folks, you know, um, most people aren't running around all the time with horns and furs and their faces painted, uh, calling themselves a shaman of something. <laughs> That's a unique individual. And he, he was he was evaluated for his competency to stand trial. And they said, yeah, he's, he can stand trial. He knows what he was doing. Right. But he's, he's got a whole grab bag of stuff going on. Um, in terms of psycho, in terms of psychopathologies, um, you know, I'm sure we'll hear more about that as a, as a, as, you know, once a trial happens. But it's not the case that that people like him just said, "Oh, I believe QAnon." Now let's all go storm the Capitol on this particular day. Right. There were a whole lot of other factors that got them there, like Donald Trump right. <laughs> telling them, "Come here at this time and do this thing." a whole bunch of senators and representatives cheering them on and uh, a whole media apparatus pushing these ideas and pushing action. And that's what you got, right? So, I mean, it's easy to look at instances where a conspiracy theory believer has committed violence and say, oh, these ideas are so dangerous, but usually when you read down through an account of this to paragraph 15, you find out that the person has a whole bunch of other problems that are probably the more proximate cause. Well, that brings up an interesting question talking about the media apparatus. When, when people often write about QAnon or something like that, or even when nine 11 happened, it's often described as dangerous, that this is dangerous rhetoric or dangerous belief system. But you said yourself that it's not dangerous until somebody actually does something. Uh, but then you'll have people say, well, if you continually tell someone this, or if that you continually are spouting these theories, after a while they're going to believe it and they feel like they have to do something. Is that true? Or is it just a matter of people are just going to kind of be shaking their fist at home and saying this is terrible and and something should happen, but doesn't necessarily mean they're going to. Is 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 there any kind of responsibility for the press to say, yeah, this is a conspiracy theory, but it's not necessarily dangerous? Well, I mean, there are people who have believed in Kennedy conspiracy theories for half a century. Right. Yet they haven't done anything about it particularly dangerous. Right. Right. Um, it, it, I, I would say something like I would prefer that people not believe conspiracy theories. It's completely fine that they might entertain them, want to investigate them, call for others to investigate them. Um, you know, I think suspicions are completely fine. Um, I have less sympathy for, you know, diving in head first and say, well, I know this happened. This is true. So saying that before there's an investigation by experts with open data and evidence who find that it's true, you know, if you're believing it before then, then you, 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 um, your beliefs are outpacing the evidence. Right. There's they, they'll come to a conclusion first and then try to work backwards to, to, yeah. To so, it. yeah. So I, I mean, there's this whole thing going on right now where it's, Oh my God, conspiracy theories are so dangerous. And well, uh, yes and no, and kind of, sort of, maybe. <laughs> it's it's well, oftentimes when we're talking about dangers, we're talking about the actions that people are taking, and often those actions are driven by a whole bunch of things. Right, right, and and we're ascribing far too much power to ideas to just overtake people's minds and 
you know, essentially brainwash them and get them to go out and kill people or blow things up or orchestrate a riot. And it's, people aren't lemmings. It's just not that easy. Oftentimes what you find is that there's, you know, the people who take the most drastic action, oftentimes there's something very, very wrong with them. Mm -hmm. um, a psychopathology, they've been going through a tough time. Um, but I, I think it's really difficult to chalk up behavior to just one idea. Right. Now it's an interesting thing. So like, is, is, um, like for example, is the Loch Ness monster is that considered a conspiracy theory, is, or is unless is that a legend? Unless Ness, unless Nessie and her relatives are working in secret against the rest of us, and <laughs> no. So it's not a conspiracy I mean, theory that you think that the Loch Ness monster exists. Is that what is the difference between? No, that? no, 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 oh, no, okay. no, no, no. I didn't say that. At oh, okay, all. you didn't. I'm sorry. Because I mean, a, a conspiracy. When when I defined conspiracy theory earlier. I got to both trying to separate what might be a, a true conspiracy. Okay. Meaning that the appropriate knowledge generating bodies have investigated and determined that's what happened. Right. Right. How do we know Watergate happened? Well, because there were admissions in open court, there were investigations by the FBI and Congress. We have a pretty good idea what happened. It's been largely documented. And anyone who wants to challenge the official accounts of Watergate can go and do so, um, should they want to. Mm -hmm. But for now, the expert consensus is Watergate did happen. Richard Nixon did conspire with his, uh, you know, members of his staff to undermine the Constitution in various ways. That's not a conspiracy theory because we experts agree that this is this is what happened with open data and evidence. But if you say, you know, did the CIA kill Kennedy? Well, there's no expert consensus on that, right? And in fact, the knowledge generating body, which in this case would have been the Warren Commission, said no, it was Lee Harvey Oswald acting alone, right? Right. So, so that's why the CIA killed Kennedy theory remains a conspiracy theory. Okay. And not a conspiracy. When you start talking about things like Bigfoot or Loch Ness Monster, I mean, you're not even talking about anyone conspiring. Right. And, and um, so, so for me to say that Bigfoot or Loch Ness Monster are not conspiracy theories isn't to say they're, that they're true. Right. It's to say that, the, that there, there's no accusation of anyone engaging in, in a conspiracy. Right. So the, it's, uh, just a, it's, just, yeah. it's, it's just a belief in an animal that doesn't exist. So, I, I mean, I'll, I can give you another example. So mm -hmm. it, if you say, I believe life exists somewhere else in the universe, not a conspiracy theory. Right. If you say aliens are flying around our atmosphere, I would say not a conspiracy theory. If you say uh, the government knows about aliens and they're working with alien technology and they're keeping it secret from us, then yes, that would be a conspiracy theory because in that sense, the government would be hiding vital information uh, from the populace. All right. So is if, if a, so to just to, to clarify, if it's a conspiracy theory. There's something where if there was, uh, I'm, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to mess things up here. So like, like you said, Bigfoot, there's that everybody knows that famous photo uh, that looks like somebody wearing looks more like someone wearing a costume that supposedly is Bigfoot. But it, it, that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. But at the same time, if if so, so sitting there saying believing in Bigfoot and Bigfoot exists isn't a conspiracy theory. But if I said the government knows about Bigfoot and actually it was an experiment that created Bigfoot in a lab. That would be a cons that would fall under the umbrella of a conspiracy theory, or is that still sure? If okay. they, yeah, if the government is engaging in fraud, widespread fraud by covering up vital information, right? Like, hey, you know this thing everyone's been seeing running around in the woods for the last hundred years? Yeah, well, that's some lab created animal that we <laughs> made, or something like that. So, so that would be if they had actually done that, then I would call it a conspiracy. If you were alleging that and there wasn't good evidence that it happened, um, then I would call it a conspiracy theory. If all you said was, I think there's a Bigfoot running around the woods, 
and that's it, then I would say, okay, you have a cryptozoological belief. That's an interesting way to an interesting way to put out that remember that for the future for the future because I mean a lot of I mean this is the thing. This is why we gotta be careful with our, our definitions and, right. and keeping in mind that words have usages, not intrinsic definitions or intrinsic meanings. Um, so people are going to use the the term differently. It's just I, whenever I write about the topic, I define exactly what I mean and what the scope is. Right. But a lot of people throw into the conspiracy bucket anything that's sort of pseudosciency, paranormal, supernatural goes into the conspiracy theory bucket. Right. And but right? you're you're, but, you're you're arguing that it necessarily shouldn't. Because of because yeah, because because if because if you're not alleging a conspiracy, then it's tough to call it a conspiracy theory. Right. Right. Okay. That's very interesting because I think I think in the past, basically, people have called Bigfoot a conspiracy theory, or they've called Loch Ness monster a conspiracy theory. Um, but as you sure, say, well, they, well, people can call things a lot of things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about. Um, let's talk a little bit about like the election. Um, now was, if you, if Donald Trump saying the election was stolen, it was rigged. Is he, is he lying? Is he just flat out lying? I mean, we know he's lying, but is he lying just to lie or is he, was he engaging in a conspiracy theory? I I would suggest he was simply because he was saying that there were states that were, purposely doing things to keep him from getting more votes uh, than Joe Biden or am I wrong? How would, how would you, how would you go about, what would you define that as? Well, I, my guess is that he's probably lying, but when I say somebody's lying, you're making a claim about them knowing that what they're saying is false. Right. I assume that Donald Trump knows what he's saying is false, but maybe he's so deluded he doesn't know. Okay. <laughs> or maybe he's just getting really bad information. I don't know. But I would say he's probably lying. The things that he, he says about the 2020 election, and even 2016 for that matter, were clearly conspiracy theories and that he was alleging widespread fraud by all sorts of powerful actors. And none of those claims, to my knowledge, have been found to be accurate by the appropriate bodies that would investigate election fraud. Right. And so then, but then there are people, so, so I guess that's a, a fine line. So if he, if he knows this isn't true, he's not really engaging in conspiracy. Th- I mean, he's floating a conspiracy theory. He doesn't necessarily believe. Yeah, he's in definitely conspiracy. engaging in, he's most certainly engaging in conspiracy theory. Okay. But I at mean, the same time, you also think that he could he could he could he could say it because he knows there are people out there that are going to believe it that will actually believe it absolutely happened, even if he knows that he's just spinning a yarn and and he's just saying it for the benefit of his for people that follow him is sure. But all yeah, I mean that's what politicians do; they right. say things for the benefit of the people <laughs> that follow them, but more for the benefit of themselves to appease the people that follow them or, or, or get them to donate money or turn out and vote or, or, or whatnot. But after going into every election, you get a large segment of the population that thinks that if their side doesn't win, it will have been due to fraud. Right. There's some, some kind that's, of unfairness. Co- yeah. Yeah. That's completely normal. And then after the election, it's just the people who lost who think it was rigged. Right. Right. So the, the winners to them, it, everything's hunky-dory in politics as in sports. It's it's not the winners who complain about the refs. It's the losing team, <laughs> right? So it's not a shock that after an election in which the Republican lost, that a lot of Republicans think they were cheated. That's right. normal. It happens after every election, no matter which side wins or loses. Right. What's different this time is that you don't normally have the losing presidential candidate going on for months and months about how it was rigged against them. And, and, on top of that, that's made worse by the fact that Donald Trump built a coalition of people who think everything is rigged and corrupt anyway. Right. He built a coalition of conspiracy-minded supporters. So his core supporters are 
are especially prone to these ideas already. I and mean, so that's then he who he attracted. And, and then he can feed that's who, that. That's who he attracted to his coalition. And right. now it's he doesn't even have to say much to get them to believe it. Right. But the fact that he keeps saying it has brought it out of just his his core supporters and into, you know, 70 percent of Republicans. Right. 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 So then to kind of bring someone down off the ledge, I mean, what what is the way to go about doing that? Or is it kind of it? I'm trying to determine is like if you can sit someone down who's a reasonably intelligent person and show them the evidence or lack of evidence that there was fraud. How do you break through that? Or is it get back to what you were saying earlier about somebody having a more deeper issue that they might, might be having that they're still going to believe it no matter what? Well, try an experiment. Go, go try and talk somebody out of their religion. Go try and talk somebody out of their political party. Mm Mm-hmm. It's you, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it, so, so, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, conspiracy theorists are not going to change their mind. I don't know why how someone so smart would believe something like this. And, you know, evidence doesn't seem to, to do anything to their beliefs. Well, we're all like that to a certain degree with certain things that we care about. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're not, you, yeah. You're not going to put an atheist and a Catholic in a closet together for 10 minutes and have them compromise on the Ten Commandments. Say, well, we'll keep five, toss the other five. <laughs> you know, we'll come to an agreement. We're not going to have a Democrat convince a Republican to become a Democrat after a short conversation. Right. So I don't know why we expect that sending a fact check or a link to somebody is somehow going to get them to change their mind on something that, that is important to them. Nobody likes to change their minds on things that are important to them. <laughs> so what is what is your view then on on the popular culture of of this whole idea that we need to continually that you'll hear the terms like push back. We need to push back on this because it's dangerous. Uh, it's a it's uh, the the words threat to to mock democracy have been used quite a bit in that the language of saying that the election was stolen is a th- is ultimately a threat to our democracy. I don't want to get, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be political here because this, we could, we could assign this to almost any other kind of scenario. It doesn't necessarily have to be Republican versus Democrats, but in, in that kind of realm, it says, if you're going to keep doing this then then you're threatening our, our way of life by engaging in essentially a conspiracy theory about the, the, the results of the election. Um, so we've become very puritanical about truth, but we're not even handed in how we apply whatever standard we have for determining what's true or not. Mm -hmm. If we even have such a standard, right? So you're referring to people right now saying, oh my God, there's so many Republicans who think the election was rigged and it's fraudulent and that's a threat to democracy. Many of those people four years ago thought that the election had been rigged by Trump conspiring with Russia. And you still have prominent journalists to this day claiming that Trump is some sort of longtime Russian agent. (laughs) So somehow when Republicans think the election was rigged through all sorts of fantastical machinations, that's a threat to democracy. But when they believe it, it's okay. You know, it was, it, it, and this happens every after power changes hands. Right. The the, new, the the other side comes into power, and they lose all their conspiracy theories because the because pe- the people they were conspiracy theorizing about are no longer in power. Right. So when Democrats took over in two thousand nine, when Barack Obama came to power, they forgot all their nine eleven conspiracy theories about Bush and their Cheney conspiracy theories and all that stuff. They forgot about instant amnesia. <laughs> yet, yet they were incredibly shocked that anyone could think that Barack Obama faked his birth certificate. <laughs> They're like, and they were like, I can't believe people believe these crazy things about politics. Yet, only a few months prior, they were like, Bush killed three thousand of his own people on nine eleven. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. 
you, you know, pe- people people tend to pay very close attention to other people's conspiracy theories, and they're shocked by them. And and those conspiracy theories are going to lead to the downfall of our democracy. But their own theories are fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that and that would come into a, a situation where they would say, "Well, you, now you're trying to both sides something," whereas. This one is more dangerous than the other. So, like people who would like, if you're trying to compare conspiracy theory, somebody might say, "Yeah, I think Elvis is alive, but that's not dangerous in the way that I think it was the CIA who." Uh, it does Parker. not shock me that people think that other people's conspiracy theories are dangerous. It does not shock me that people think that other people's conspiracy theories are poorly evidenced. That goes with the territory, because when you're judging an idea you don't believe in, you don't believe in it. So, of course, it's dangerous and unevidenced. Your conspiracy theories are well-evidenced, and you have every right to believe them. (laughs) And And your ideas, because your ideas are good for democracy. It's the other guy's ideas who are bad for democracy, right? So, I mean, I don't want to engage in, in both sidesism, but at the same time, it's it's sort of inherent that everyone thinks their conspiracy theories are okay. It's the other sides that are bad, right? Or 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 they'll say not even so much both sides, and they'll say it's um, it's a, a false equivalence because it's not. Yeah. So 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 someone might say, yeah, but I believe that Trump was a Russian agent based on good evidence. Okay, who judged that evidence? Well, I did. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so, so the person who believes it's true has decided that it has good evidence. So what? <laughs> right? I mean, we had well-funded, far-reaching investigations of the Trump-Russia connection. There didn't seem to be good evidence that Trump was a decades-long Russian agent. Right? Yeah, a lot of people believe that. Right. And 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 that is just another form of saying the election was rigged. So but pe- people who believe it want to forgive it and say, well, that's OK. That's oh, that one's either well evidenced or that one's OK for democracy, um, whatever. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, what is, and this is just more of kind of like a. I don't know if you want to call it a fun question, but what is kind of like one of the most out there conspiracy theories you've you've heard, you've come across? Something that may not even be well known to the general public. I think pretty much everyone might have heard about the fake moon landing or JFK. What is one that's kind of like more esoteric, but you're just but it uh, it's kind of threw you when you first heard about it. Is there anything anything like that? Well, nothing shocks me anymore. <laughs> I've been doing this for. 15 years and you know there's always ones that put a smile on my face but again that's just subjective it's what sort of tickles my fancy right but but to me i mean un- until an idea has sort of amassed evidence that convinces experts it's a conspiracy theory and to me i don't want to judge which one's better evidenced than others because to me none of them have met the appropriate threshold right Right. And I don't want to judge which one's crazier because, again, that's really subjective. Right. Um, And and there's no real clear way to say this one's crazier. This one's stupider, dumber. This one's more irrational. I mean, we can make those judgment calls for ourselves, but there's no clear metric in which to do it very well. Right. As of yet. Um, So I could just tell you some personal favorites that I've that I've come across um so when i started doing this i started going through letters to the editor of the new york times and we gathered like 120,000 letters that were printed and i had my research assistants read them all and we had to go through this coding scheme to pick out which ones included discussion of a conspiracy theory and which ones didn't and one of the conspiracy theories they found was someone discussing the idea that the CIA had created an army of lesbians and that these, these attractive lesbians were infiltrating the women's movement to have erotic trysts with the <laughs> leaders of the women's movement and then use it as blackmail to then co-opt the women's movement for the CIA's purposes. 
don't know if that's a conspiracy theory or a Cinemax uh, plot. <laughs> yeah, some sort of late night movie on, on cable. Um, but this was printed in the New York Times. So um, sort of an interesting, um, an interesting one. Um, the idea that uh, Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing, but then secret put secret clues about it into The Shining. That's a neat one because I'm a Kubrick movie fan. Okay. Um, so, so there's lots of weird things out there. Right. Um, it's just rarely do I hear anything that's new. I mean, most conspiracy theories are incredibly lazy. It's the same stuff rehashed over and over again. It's the same theories, just different nouns. So a lot of what has been said about COVID People are like, I'm shocked that people would say COVID is faked. We heard that about AIDS. Or I'm shocked that people say COVID, you know, was deployed purposely as a bioweapon. We heard that about AIDS right. and every other pandemic. So there really isn't a lot new here. So it, it, it takes a lot for me to hear something that I haven't heard before. So, so to me, I think one of the only ones that I've heard that's really interesting about COVID was that they said... Uh, the government's going to start doing mandatory public anal swab <laughs> testing for COVID, and they're going to they're, they're going to do this to people in the streets and whatnot. It's, and and the theory was it's this isn't really about testing you for COVID. This is just about humiliating you and keeping the populace down. And this is what the elites want to do is um, do anal swab testing for this. Um, another one I heard too was uh, that they're, the elites are going to make us eat bugs for food. So the elites will dine on the finest wines and cheeses, but we'll be eating cockroaches <laughs> and and whatnot after the pandemic is over as part of the Great Reset. So occasionally I'll hear something that's that's you know a little bit creative, but um, usually these aren't that that interesting. <laughs> so what about what is the the role of social media has played in? Spreading conspiracy theories because I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm 51, and so I, I remember the old days. Art Bell, his radio show, he'd talk about conspiracy theories, and then the internet was very young. You had these very poorly designed websites that always seemed to have, uh, like outer space as the background and just a bunch of brightly colored text with just immensely long paragraphs of things that people were talking about. But social media obviously allows people to kind of spread information a whole lot faster has that played a part in 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 allowing conspiracy theories to take hold with other people or is it do you, do you think it's just a matter of it allows people to kind of talk about it more publicly it's it we can see these conversations whereas we couldn't see them in the past and that's the optical illusion right. is that if we shared a conspiracy theory 40 years ago at the water cooler it's here and gone if we share it on Twitter, it's there for anyone to see and study and point at. Um, but it doesn't make it spread any faster, necessarily. I mean, your median conspiracy theory is shows up on Twitter at 3 a.m. and is gone by the next day. Right. If we're only focusing on the ones that have become popular, then then they're all popular. But if we include the universe of conspiracy theories that somebody put on social media at some point, then social media really isn't that hospitable to these ideas. Most die in the vine. And I mean, more broadly, if you look at studies of web traffic, most people aren't racing to the internet for conspiracy theories. They're going to book travel, to get regular news, to look at porn, to get dates, to do all sorts of things long before people are getting conspiracy theories. I mean, a couple of years ago, if you looked at web traffic, when Alex Jones was at his height, I mean, he was like 300 rankings below the New York Times. Right. And he was the highest rated conspiracy dedicated website. And and now, now he has a lot less reach than he used to have. Right. Right. So it's it's just not the case that everyone's hanging out on the Internet all day looking at conspiracy theories and 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 think about what the Internet allows us. We pick what we want. We self-select into the content that we want and we tend to self-select into content that we already agree with and like. So, 
you know, how many times have you gone to Alex Jones's website today? Well, me, none. None, right? And I haven't either. And this is my job to do it. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I don't want to. And, and, and here's the thing. Most people aren't. So it's not like we're all just spending all our time on conspiracy theories. It's just not true. And, and because of that, when we look at polling data over time, we don't find that these ideas are going up, 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 up in terms of their, po in terms of their popularity. They're not. That's a, that's a myth, right? It's, it's a certain amount of people will believe certain ideas because they match with what they already believe. And everyone else isn't going to believe those ideas because those ideas don't comport with what they already believe. So when, it, when, a, when a journalist calls me and they say, oh, Joe, my gosh, there's this new conspiracy theory on Twitter and I'm so concerned about it. And I say, why? And they say, well, um, it, it's on social media, so it's going to spread everywhere and everyone's going to believe it. And I say, well, you saw it, right? And I say, yeah. And I said, so you must believe it. And they say, no. And I say, well, what makes you so special? <laughs> What's your magic armor that the rest of the idiots out there don't have? Right? How come you're so smart and everyone else is so dumb, apparently? Well, <laughs> they start to realize pretty quickly that it's, it's, it's just that people believe ideas that make sense to them based on what they already believe. And most people aren't seeking out every conspiracy theory or conspiracy theories at all. And if something doesn't, doesn't tell them what they believe about the world already, they're not going to buy into it. So that's why when we poll on conspiracy theories over and over and over again, we find that the numbers are usually stable. So really it's just people using social media to just not justify, but they already believe it. And then they find like-minded people who also believe it. And that may, and maybe we confuse that well, for but we it's were spreading. Always, well, just remember people were always finding like-minded people, right? Major world religions spread long before social media, right? And got billions of followers. So you can do that. You can put together groups of people. People can find each other without social media, right? They've always done it. It's called, having a society <laughs> we can find each other <laughs> so do, right? do, do, do you do you bristle then at lawmakers who of any party of any stripe who say we need to we need to regulate what's on social media because of yes. dangerous information yes okay yes because they're the ones who are most responsible for it they're the one you know if you want to see who has more influence over people's conspiracy theory beliefs it's not some random guy on twitter who says something right it's people with power who have the bully pulpit you know what was you know who who was one of the biggest vectors of misinformation during covid donald trump the president of the united states right who who says a lot of misinformation now our political leaders so we're going to put the same people who are the biggest traffickers of misinformation and conspiracy theories in charge of deciding what's a conspiracy theory or not, <laughs> in charge of deciding what's true and what's not, and then enforcing that on the rest of us? No. <laughs> that, would be, that would be ridiculous. I mean, when we want to talk about the danger of conspiracy theories... The real danger comes when you get political leaders using them to build coalitions or using them as the basis for policy. That's the real danger. So if government wants to regulate something, it has to be more concerned about regulating itself. Congress needs to be concerned about regulating its own members and making sure that they're not cheering on riots at the Capitol or pushing uh, voter fraud conspiracy theories that don't have a basis in fact. Um, that's where they need to be concerned first. Clean their own house before they worry about what me or any other citizen believes. That's a that's a that's a whole new perspective that I think a lot of people agree with. Um, I just think I. I, I mean, I, we we. But here's the thing: is that when we poll people on. Do you think conspiracy theories are worse now than they've ever been? We get like 75% of Americans saying yes. 
Right. And you say, well, what's the cause? Almost everyone says social media. So it's been drilled into everybody's head over and over right. by the mainstream media that this is a social media problem. Here's, here's the problem. Journalists have been saying for decades that conspiracy theories have hit their apex. I have them saying it in the New York Times in the 60s, in all sorts of newspapers, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and they've been saying it very frequently in the last five or six years. They've never presented any evidence um, to show that it's true. I've never seen a comparison between what between people believing this stuff in the past and believing it now and a journalist basing their conclusion on that. Instead, what you get is, well, it feels like it's more conspiracy theories now than there were in the past. Right. Well, I don't care about your feelings, <laughs> right? So, so they're making all sorts of claims based on just licking their thumb and putting it to the wind. Say, oh, now's the time. But here's the problem. It's always the time, according to journalists, <laughs> right? But, you know, when you, I've, I've been doing this for the last year, I've been comparing polls and from past decades um, to polls now, looking at the same conspiracy theory questions to get clear comparisons. And we just don't find across the board increases. We don't find it. Even, even like COVID conspiracy theories, I began pulling on them in early March of 2020 at the very beginning. And when I followed up in June, October, um, and then May and June of this year, we're not finding any increases. Either people believe it or they don't. And everybody during the pandemic was saying, oh my God, these beliefs are gonna spread everywhere. And it's gonna convince everyone very few of these ideas increased at all. In fact, more came down than went up. Hmm. So, so this whole idea that somehow we're more conspiratorial or that, or that there's something about society that makes them spread easier um, just doesn't seem to be true. And, and I, for that reason, I don't like the word spread. What do you mean by spread? Right? No one ever defines it. I mean, I assume it to mean that it you can access it somewhere else and it will convince people, right? But the only part of that that I find is true is that you can access these ideas on the other side of the planet very quickly and easily. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to believe it. Right. That is a fascinating way of looking at that. I hadn't even thought about that. See, see Joe, this is the reason why I, mean, I wanted I, to have I, you I, on I, here. <laughs> I mean, take the Kennedy, take the Kennedy conspiracy theory, for example. Mm -hmm. So that's been getting asked since just a month after the assassination in 1963. And the first poll done on it um, asked people if they thought it was a lone gunman or, or conspiracy involving others. And you got 55-0% saying it was a conspiracy. By 1975, that number hit 80% thinking it was a conspiracy. And it's only come down in the, in the internet social media era to now where it's back around 50% again. Hmm. But I haven't seen another conspiracy theory like that hit 80%. I mean, most, you know, are somewhere between, well, the ones I poll on anyway, hmm. usually come in between 5 and 50%. But I've never had anything hit 80 the way Kennedy did for decades. So to me, it just doesn't seem to be the case that we're more conspiratorial. Now. I mean, over time, people are becoming smarter. We have e easier access to, to, to better information. We have easier access to experts and knowledge. We have the world's library in our pocket. Um, so to say that somehow we've all become a bunch of irrational conspiracy theorists who believe all sorts of nonsense... I mean, it goes against everything that we know about what's been going on in the world. <laughs> so you're saying, so you, you just so I heard you correctly, you said that the, the, the percentage of people who believe in the, the government conspiracy involvement in JFK assassination has come down in the social media. Well, just era. any, just, just any, just, oh, any, just any conspiracy. conspiracy theory. Theory. Okay. So, so do you think there was, there was a conspiracy behind it? Right. That's come, that's come down okay. in the last few decades. Interesting. Oh, okay. So it doesn't have to be a government conspiracy. It could have been that it was plotted by... It could have been anything. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. But it's come down, and basically people have fallen on the the conclusive evidence that was found that 
Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Is that right? Or is it? Well, or, I don't know. I, don't I don't know, know if they fall in on evidence or not. Okay. <laughs> but they're just saying they don't I was believe. Just about, but the, yeah. The belief that it was a conspiracy has come down. Okay. Okay. And do you, so I, it, it, that's so interesting that people are afraid that conspiracy theories are going to spread more quickly because of social media. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but you've seen evidence that basically the ability for us to kind of get information from the internet has helped people to explore evidence more clearly to like to search out what might be true or not true. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, because I, I mean, there are theories. I mean, academics have been talking about this for a long time and, and, and some people said, you know, we don't think the internet's going to necessarily be that hospitable to conspiracy theories, especially social media, because it's going to put um, ideas out there in such a way that they're going to be immediately refuted. Right. So if you put something on social media, you're not just sharing it with like-minded friends, even though they, they might be the only ones who look at it. I mean, if it gets traction, it's, it's going to bump into people arguing against it. Right. Right. So there are good opportunities for these ideas to be refuted. Yeah. Where perhaps in the past, if we were just sharing them amongst ourselves, they might not have run into, into um, authoritative information or to a rebuttal. Interesting. So to close out our, our discussion here, if I, um, I, I think that's one of the things that I've heard and I, and I work in the journalism field. And so it's this, constant drumbeat of the danger of social media when it comes to conspiracy theories. So as a final question, if, if somebody was to say to you, ask you, professor, how do I, what do I do? If somebody said that social media is in, in, in the 24 hour news and everything is, is a, a way for conspiracy theories to flourish what would you say to them? What, 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 how, where would you lead them? What kind of information would you provide to them to say, no, this isn't, that's not necessarily the case. And here's why. Because arguments about social media driving conspiracy theories are based on a hypodermic needle theory of media effects. They're based on the idea that someone gets exposed to an idea and immediately adopts it and starts acting on it. It's as if we're blank slate lemmings and every idea that comes in, it just, it just uh, changes everything about us. Um, we have a hundred years worth of studies um, into how the media affects people. And there's very little evidence for that sort of effect. Right. And the funny thing is people who argue for this happening say, Oh my God, media is so social media is so influential on people. It changes their minds. It convinces them of conspiracy theories. Well, first, why is it that it convinces them of conspiracy theories, but not of authoritative facts? What magic power do conspiracy theories have that any other type of theory doesn't have? And why does why do those effects only happen to other people, but not themselves? <laughs> so it's just it's just sort of it, it, when people say this stuff, what they're really saying is, I think everybody but me is an idiot, and they're all being tricked by stuff on social media that can't trick me because I have, you know, um, a magic shield that protects my brain. <laughs> I would say this too. The biggest dangers of conspiracy theories come from politicians. It's people with power using them to build coalitions and then build policy based on conspiratorial ideas. That's the real danger that we have to guard from, and that's what Congress should be focusing on. And if you want to go look at outside of social media, you will find conspiracy theories everywhere. They're in the mainstream media. Um, they are they are on, on radio, on TV. What was the biggest TV show on Animal Planet? Oh yeah, the Navy conspiracy theory to kill mermaids with supersonic weapons that don't exist. <laughs> um, what's the other big show? Not a conspiracy theory, but not very well evidenced, Finding Bigfoot. I'll cue you in, spoiler alert, they haven't found him yet. How many other shows are out there that are just conspiracy theories or some other form of, of uh, pseudoscience-y, paranormal -y nonsense? 
You've got ghost shows all over TV, Bigfoot shows. Um, the History Channel, which I thought was supposed to be about real history, is about alien conspiracy stuff. <laughs> um, so it's everywhere. And if we're only saying, oh, my God, we got to regulate social media for this, you're missing um, almost the entirety of the pie. Right. So. um <laughs> So like I said, we we have people becoming puritanical about truth, but not even-handed in how they want to apply whatever standard they have, if they even have one. That's great. Now, uh, Professor Joe Sinski, thank you so much for uh, for joining me here on Closer Consideration. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.